the thunderstorm. There's no life inside me because my mind is drifting away. I've been on my own since the day I was born. Care for my brothers and sisters, trying to give them a better life someday. School, food, water are things you all take for granted. I don't need or want a game, iPad, iPod, or a car. Give me a book so I can learn to read. And maybe one day I can get an education. Give me a piece of bread and that'll go far. I am the hungry child. I'm the child that wants to be born in my life. Dreams coming true is what you all will see. And that was Sky Mabry of Imagine Hope uh, Community Charter School, Tolson Campus, at the DC Scores Poetry Slam way back in December. What's going on, everybody? My name is Jake Lloyd. I am the communications manager at DC Scores. And I know it's been a few months, but the DC Scores podcast is back. And that is because we are just on the brink of the spring DC score season. And there's a lot of excitement in the air. It is Thursday, March 6th. Uh, It might be still very cold outside, and we still have a little bit of snow, but nevertheless, the spring season is ready to kick off. And with that, around the corner, I am joined today by Rachel Klepper, our elementary school program coordinator. Uh, Rachel, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you guys are in full preparation mode for the season that kicks off uh, next Monday, March 10th. Uh, So I really appreciate you taking out a few minutes of your busy day here to talk. Uh, We're going to look back at the winter season that you were a big part of, and then uh, look look ahead to the spring season, too. Great. Very good. Um, So, Rachel, first I just wanted to to start off just by talking a little bit about your background and what brought you to DC Scores. You're you're originally from Boston, Mm -hmm. and you joined DC Scores back in September through the Jewish Avodah Service Program. Um, now you have a lot of experience, you know, with nonprofits and with uh, working with youth. Can you just uh, tell me a little bit about that, that those experiences that you've had in the past? Yeah, those are two things that I've been doing for a really long time. Often, kind of separately, I've been babysitting forever, um, tutoring kids in my neighborhood, and then I've also just spent a lot of summers working at different nonprofits. And a couple of times, those combined, I worked through my university um, tutoring in a public school back in Boston. But I was really excited about DC Scores because I could have the experience working in a nonprofit while spending time with kids, which is something I really love. Very cool. Now, now, what school did you go to when you were up in the Boston area? Um, it was actually through a few different schools. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, there wasn't one that was consistent. And then you went to school for, for college out at Stanford in California. I was, oh, sorry. I thought you were asking about what school I oh, did at. no worries. Um, no worries. I went to Boston University. Okay, Boston. gotcha, gotcha. Um, now, what really attracted you to the DC Scores program when you were going through the whole process of applying for Abadah? Um... I was really excited about DC scores, partially um, the combination of poetry, soccer, and service learning. I didn't have a lot of experience with sports, but Mm -hmm. both writing and community service and service learning especially um, were things that I that were a really big part of my childhood mm-hmm. um, and things that I am pretty passionate about. So I was really excited about bringing that to schools all around D.C. I love that D.C. Scores is in so many different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I think it's really unique to the work that we do that we get to be part of the whole city. Cool. And now 
So kind of jumping into into the winter season, so the school that you've been really a big part of, you know, since you started here is Thompson Elementary School, and they're actually just a few blocks from our office here in downtown D.C. Uh, can you, they're kind of different from a lot of our other schools because they're right in the middle of like downtown, so they're surrounded by all these big office buildings and a lot of traffic, um, they, and they don't have the green space or outdoor space at all really that almost, you know, a lot of our other schools do have. Can you just tell me about kind of the unique situation they have going on at Thompson? Yeah, it's, it is pretty different at Thompson. Partially, a lot of the students are coming from different places. Some of mm-hmm. them live near to the school, and some of them have parents who work in the area. Um, so many of them come in, and yeah, they don't get to leave the school during the day. They don't have an outside space for recess. So playing soccer in the gym is a really exciting time for them. They get yeah. to run around more than they do during the school day. And then the other piece of it that's so great is every Thursday getting to go to a game day at a field at a different school. And um, they really love running around out in the fresh air. It's something really special that they get to do. And I'm always impressed when I see the Thompson Tigers at a game day by... I mean, this is a team that has to do all of its practices in a pretty small elementary school gym. And for going through that process and not having a lot of space, they always look pretty organized and pretty cohesive on the soccer field. Yeah, I mean, it's partially because of all of the work that their soccer coaches have put in into creating a strong team. But they also ha- they know that it's a little bit of a challenge that they mm-hmm. have, that they have to go out and learn all of a sudden how to be in a bigger space. Mm-hmm. And they definitely embrace that challenge. I, I yeah. love seeing them play. Mm-hmm. So so this winter, you were one of the coaches of our, uh, our winter scores program, which is a scaled down, just six-week nutrition and soccer program that we did at seven schools. And Thompson was one of those schools. Um, and this program involved uh, two days of nutrition uh, nutrition workshops and then two days of soccer right. uh, practices each week. What kind of were your expectations going in? Because this is a, very different from like our typical full-scale spring and soccer uh, seasons. Yeah, I wasn't so sure how different it would be. I knew that it would be scaled down, um, mm-hmm. so I wasn't sure how many kids would mm-hmm. be interested in doing it. I thought they would be excited about talking about food and knowing that they got to have a snack every day. Um, yeah, that was about all that I knew going in. So now that it you know finished up a couple weeks ago... What did you think the kids learned and experienced kind of compared to your expectations or your thoughts entering it? Um, One of the things that surprised me was they kept asking why. Every time that we taught something, they really wanted to know more. They didn't just want to hear, oh, this is healthy, this isn't, but they really were interested in why certain foods are healthier than others. And their questions um, led me to create some new lessons just based on the things that they were curious about, like... Mm -hmm. um, where different foods come from, how things grow. And they really, they wanted to go deeper into it, which was really exciting. Yeah, that's very cool. Now, I mean, everyone talks about the soccer side of our program, but I think we all know that in order to be healthy, you can't just, you know, eat junk food and then go out and play. There's a, there's another element there, and that's the eating nutritious. What was what was one of the biggest points that you, that you taught, you know, in terms of the nutrition? You know, were you able to... You know, these are elementary school kids. I mean, when I when I was in elementary school, I, I sure wasn't thinking about what I was eating. So how do you how did you kind of uh, take on that challenge of of letting the students know that hey, you're going to play a lot better on the soccer field if you're also eating healthy. Yeah, one of the things that we wanted to show them was that they might not have realized before what was in certain foods that they were having for a snack. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had lessons like. Um, 
there was one really great one where they learned about the difference between orange juice and orange soda. Mm -hmm. And thinking, oh, they look the same. You might think that orange soda is a good snack to have or drink to have at your soccer game. But actually, they they made orange soda with sugar and food coloring. And then they we asked them, you know, which would be a better drink to have after your soccer game when you need to refuel? And they all realized, oh, well, orange juice is the much better one. Right. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you. I was gonna, You taught some really cool lessons. I, I actually peeked my head in when you guys were going over the uh, the USDA curriculum with, with the other coaches, and the thing was huge. And I thought it was pretty cool how the coaches got to choose each week which two lessons they wanted to do with the students. Were there any other uh, lessons that you thought really made a pretty big imprint on the, on the students? Um, one of the ones that I think had the biggest impact on them was um, one about serving sizes. Mm -hmm. So we asked, we brought in a big bag of chips and we asked a couple of volunteers to pour themselves a snack. How many, however many chips you want, you know, pour into a bowl and, mm -hmm. you know, you get these really huge bowls of potato chips and we asked them, is this how much you think you should have for a snack? And many of the kids said yes. And then we showed them a serving size. So a serving size of Lay's potato chips is 15 chips. Crazy. And had a, another student put those into the bowl and look at the difference. And, um, I, I could tell that that really affected them because weeks later, students would be coming up to me and saying, I had a bag of chips yesterday and I looked at the serving size. And my next question would usually be, did you change how much you ate based on that? And sometimes they said yes and sometimes they said no. But I think that whatever they're doing now, the fact is that they were much more aware than they ever had been about um, amounts of food that they were eating. Yeah, I mean, that that's even if it's just... Every, you know, once every five or ten times that they right. have a snack that they're thinking about that, that's still making a big difference, and they'll probably become more conscious of that, you know, as they get older. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, too, to me earlier that some of the students talked about taking these lessons home mm -hmm. to their families, to their siblings, and telling them, you know, about them and even creating snacks for their families. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, one of the very first snacks that we had was a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Mm -hmm. Some of them had never had that before, and they loved it. That was the one that I heard that a few students made um, back at home with their families. And we actually, on the last day, um, they all decorated recipe books with all of the snacks that we had made so that they could bring them home to their families. That's really cool, really cool. Um, and, yeah, so our intern, Cara, did a great video blog series, not on Thompson, but on Bancroft, mm -hmm. uh, which you which you can check out, you know, go to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dcscores, and our blog, dcscores.blogspot.com, to check out that series. Well worth it. Really gives an inside look at the winter program. But, I mean, just what are your, your final thoughts, kind of... The winter program, you know, we tuck it in between the fall and the spring. It's kind of our downtime. I mean, uh, fall and spring are so busy in serving 1,500 kids at 47 schools that it's hard to do something huge during the winter. But, but I feel like this winter, more than ever, as it continues to grow in size, we made a pretty big impact on these kids. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I know that I'm going to try to just keep bringing it up as the season goes forward and make sure that it's something that they really remember. It doesn't get lost in between fall and spring, but it was a really important part of the year. And that's another big thing about it, too, is that these kids also had soccer clinics mm -hmm. two days a week. So they're going to have a great head start on kids at yep. all of our other schools because they've been playing soccer all winter while the other kids, who knows what they've been doing during this 
polar vortex of a winner. So uh, I'm excited to see Thompson out on the field this spring. I think they might be looking a little bit healthier, at least in the initial weeks, compared to other schools. So, Rachel, I wanted to ask you uh, just a little bit about last fall because uh, you were in charge of our poetry workshops that we that we hold at Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, poetry readings. And every week you would take a different school to a different to a Starbucks location in the city. We've had a longtime partnership with Starbucks. And then the kids would get the chance to read their poetry in front of their peers and then sometimes also, you know, patrons in the store. Yeah. Um, being a part of that and, and seeing, you know, and also coaching at Thompson, mm-hmm. what changes did you just see in students in terms of their confidence levels between those workshops and then what we saw at the Poetry Slam in early December? They definitely grow more confident over the course of the season in yeah. every school that I've seen. Um, when students have start the season, they've maybe written one or two poems, and they were much more hesitant to share them. Um, and by the end, you could really see that they were very proud of what they had written. And they also felt um, excited about helping their peers improve their poetry. Every time we do a Starbucks workshop, we ask if if they have any advice for their teammates. And seeing people say, oh, well, you know, you could use more description there. They've learned things about poetry, and they're excited to share them. Um, And then as far as the team at Thompson goes, when I think about improvements, I think of this one student who had a really hard time sitting down and writing poetry and wasn't sure that he liked it at all. Um, But I was just looking at a picture from the Poetry Slam today, and he was on one side of the line of students, which meant that he had to lead the whole group on stage. And he took that job so seriously once he had it. He walked with such confidence across that stage. And looking at a picture of him, you really see the way that knowing he had a part in this performance made a big difference. Yeah, it really is the in- incredible the transformation these kids go from, you know, a lot of them in September maybe not even knowing what a poem is mm-hmm. or not being confident, you know, being in their own little shell and not confident to express themselves and then taking yeah. that to the Poetry Slam. So... Uh, I got a chance to join you for the uh, Seton Elementary School workshop at Starbucks, and Seton ended up winning the Poetry Mm -hmm. Slam in just their second year of the program. So I think that that to me spoke that these are making a huge difference for them. Yeah, I think so. Cool. And then uh, looking forward, uh, not only are you going to be coaching at Thompson this Mm -hmm. spring, but you are also going to have the chance in a little, about about a month, mm-hmm. about a month from tomorrow actually is the date, uh, you are going to join. We, we listened to Sky Mabry at the beginning of this podcast, and at the end we're going to close with Xavier Crowell of Arts and Technology Academy. You are going to join these students for a trip to New York City yep. for the America Scores National Poetry Slam, where they will join two students from each of our 13 sites to perform at the New York Stock Exchange, not to mention just have a weekend in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you gotten a chance into a chance to, to talk at all with them or with their parents about the experience coming up? Yeah, I met with Sky a few weeks ago, and then mm-hmm. I've since spoken to both sets of parents. Um, they're really excited. They're a little bit nervous. I think we talked about confidence earlier, and this mm-hmm. is like times 10. You know, not only is it a new stage and a new audience, but now it's a new city. It's somewhere that they've never been before. Um, So I think that this whole weekend is going to be about trying new things and really taking risks. And I can already see how proud they are of what they're about to do. Very cool. Yeah. And it's also worth mentioning that Xavier 
performed on NBC4 mm-hmm. back in January. So he's he's no stranger to the big stage. He's done this a few times. These are both <laughs> two performers. They are really ready to be on stage. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, taking out the time. Again, I know you guys are crazy busy making sure all the supplies are ready for our yeah. 190 coaches at 47 schools. So uh, thanks again. I'm sure the spring season is going to be amazing, and I can't wait to see the Thompson Tigers at a game day. Thanks very much. Cool. Well, before we wrap up, I'm just going to go down the D.C. Scores calendar um, of this spring season, and then we will conclude, as promised, with Xavier's poem. So uh, programming begins next Monday, March 10th, and then... Our first elementary and middle school soccer game days are April 4th and 5th. And a reminder, those game days are Thursday and Friday afternoons, 4 p.m. across the city. You can find out more information on them, uh, dcscores.org. As mentioned, the National Poetry Slam in New York City is April 7th. Uh, April 12th will be Global Youth Service Day where uh, schools will come together uh, for some fun service activities. A really, really cool event. Uh, last year we held it up at Bancroft, no, I'm sorry, uh, Thompson Elementary School, and it included a uh, a walk around the neighborhood promoting healthy uh, living that the students really took a lot of pride in. Uh, May 6th are, is our Score Awards uh, celebration, which is just a wonderful night at Longview Gallery, which is actually pretty close to here, where we really celebrate our top coaches and volunteers we give away uh, uh, awards to them, and it's just a great event also for our donors and our supporters. And finally, the spring season will conclude with the 19th annual Jamboree, May 31st, Anacostia Park. 1,500 kids, hundreds of families, parents, uh, volunteers. It is our largest scale event of the entire year, well worth coming out. Uh, we are in need of lots of volunteers for the Jamboree. Come out, referee soccer games, paint faces, help out at booths. Uh, you will not regret it. It's a great day. And, again, you can learn more about all of these events by visiting dcscores.org. We also encourage you to visit our website to learn about how to come on a high-five tour, which we hold every two weeks at the office, and is the absolute best way to learn about the impact of DC Scores in just an hour's time. So with that, that wraps up this DC Scores podcast. It is great to be back. We will start doing more throughout the spring season to highlight the tremendous work that's going on at our schools. Uh, we'll highlight coaches. We'll look at the service learning projects that are, that are being done at each school and much, much more. So thanks again, everybody. And here is Xavier bringing us down the home stretch.
Thank you for listening to the DC Scores podcast. You can learn more by visiting www.dcscores.org or also by following us on Twitter at DC Scores. Thank you so much and have a great day.